0: our South Shore neighbors. You are listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable. My name is Melissa Wallace and I'm here with my team members Sharon McNamara and Dustin Hughes. Hello, hello. hello. <laughs> Hi Dustin. What's going on? Oh, you know, just live the dream. Good. I know people say that when they, you know, don't really mean it, but I, I feel like I am. Yeah. Okay, Dustin's taking a sip of water. So. <laughs> you <laughs> have to go talk to her. Dustin. Yeah, you have to talk to me. Um, our uh, fourth team member, Mary Baker, is out uh, showing some properties tonight. So, you know, That's speaking nice. of some buyers... Yeah, it's just us tonight. Um, so she's working working hard on the road. But um, speaking of buyers tonight, we're gonna be talking about first time home buyers. Um, I called in this morning to the studio and talked to Rob Hackala and gave our listeners a little bit of a sneak peek of what we're gonna be talking about tonight. And, um, and uh, you know, I think that, you know, a lot of the articles that we've been bringing up, especially in our new foreman, Dustin, you're doing a really great job joining us and <laughs> ringing in the circus a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, keeping us on on track and on purpose. But some of the um, articles that you've been bringing to us have been about first-time home buyers and how many, you know, how many of those buyers are in the buyer pool right now and how important that buyer pool is, um, you know, and, and now we're going to be sort of highlighting them all all night. And I think um, Josh Cutler is going to be calling in as well. Um,
1: Oh, that sounds better. Yeah, well, that's me. I I just touched my uh, microphone. So yeah, Josh uh, Cutler is going to be calling in. He's been great and he had been giving us an update on COVID uh, for the past several weeks. We actually, the past two weeks, haven't done anything COVID related. Uh, We just felt like we wanted to get back on track and try to get back. Since it's our new normal, we just thought we should be normal. So that's what we decided to do. Uh, But Josh is going to call us tonight because I really think we have an important topic and it's, a little bit to do with Fourth of July. Yeah, yeah, I got my nails done today. Woo, woo, they're <laughs> red, so if everybody can see those, um, yeah. I'm really excited. But hey, Dustin, listen, you don't have to worry about those things. But um, I have red toes. And people can see those on Facebook too. Oh, I got it. I know, finally, now that I've gotten a <laughs> pedicure, finally
0: I can wear open-toe shoes except for today. Yes, and um,
1: so we, I want to find out what's the story with the fireworks because a lot of towns are not obviously doing the fireworks because of COVID and trying to keep people separated. And then there's a huge... Um, you know, thing right now going on in the city of Boston where the the calls and complaints for fireworks is astronomical. It's not even just in the city. It's literally everywhere. What's the big deal? That's Uh. what I want to know. What's the big deal? A little, I mean, people can't have any fun. These feel like it's the fun police. Yeah. It's because of the people
2: people that inadvertently or maybe maybe not inadvertently blew themselves up, basically.
0: I think (laughs) when it's happening you know, so close to your house and you're not used to it. And it's happening every single night for like a month straight. It might get a little annoying, Um, you know, trying to, trying to sleep. Our neighbors um, had some fireworks going off probably around like midnight the other night. And I'm like, it's a Tuesday night. Come on. <laughs> Even though Tuesdays are our late night, fun police. <laughs> Sometimes I can be, but you know what? When I'm tired, I'm tired, and and nothing gets in my way. So, um,
3: was it were we on this show talking about perspective, or was that else? Do
0: you have another radio show that you do, Dustin? <laughs> yeah,
3: no, but I spend a decent amount of time around. Yeah. You too. Uh, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, right, I, was I it just know. our topic?
3: Yeah, I, I don't know if it was
1: elsewhere. Something,
0: and maybe Josh can sort of highlight this, maybe, or, or even Ken. Ken would be a good person to talk to you about this. But, you know, if if I would think that there are some people getting
1: injured, maybe, like I'm going to silence. send him the link and maybe he'll zoom Oh, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: When I thought of perspective, it was you look at it from the safety point of someone who's trying to police it, and it is essentially drunk amateurs fool around with explosives.
0: Well, I think, I mean, I definitely saw on the news that people, at least one person that was on there got injured, Um, you know, he was burned pretty badly. But, you know, if you don't know how to handle fireworks, like I would never because I just, it's, I don't know, it's not my thing. (laughs) I, I, I've never woken up one day and said, you know what, I think I'm gonna go buy fireworks and light them off somewhere. <laughs> you know, I'll leave it to the professionals, um, but a lot of people are not doing yeah, that. Yeah. You know, they're setting them off in the middle of the streets, in the middle of the night, and you know, one night after another, but oh, look, we have Josh Cutler with us.
1: Yay. <laughs> so we can talk to him about that. I'm yeah, we can talk
0: to, to Josh. Where are you, I, you're small on our screen, so where are you tonight?
1: Are you I'm back 10 at 10 the road.
0: state house? <laughs>
2: I'm here in Pembroke, actually. Oh, I
1: can't hear you. Oh I can't is he muted? Can
2: no. you hear me? We got you loud and clear. Can hear him. Oh, okay. Can hear I can him. hear you guys.
1: Well ask Ben why we can't hear
2: him. <laughs> Unfortunately <laughs> I don't know, because I can hear him loud and clear.
1: All right.
0: Well Ben can hear you. So maybe if we ask you a question. I can
2: hear you and Ben can hear me, so somehow we'll make this work.
0: Now I can hear you. There you go. All right, okay. perfect. As long as all of our listeners can hear you, then that's that's, that's right. Yes. So, Josh, we haven't seen you in a few weeks. How have you been?
2: I know. I, I feel the same way. I've been I've been well. Yeah. <laughs> How about you guys?
0: Yeah, we're we're doing well. You know, we, we've been in the office every day and you know, our agents are slowly starting to feel more comfortable coming in, but you should have seen me. I was making sure I read everything, making sure I'm I'm following every single guideline before I let everybody in. I have sanitation stations everywhere <laughs> making sure. <laughs> everyone is is safe and i always say i wiped everything down before i leave at night and um, mark mcnamara gives me a smirk every night every time i'm wiping down his door handles and and, and the keys and i said no one's getting covid on my watch and he thinks that I, yeah i'm like the covid
1: police instead of the covid police josh i'm here
2: <laughs> Look, i need Hello.
1: it um, so we're, talking, we're giving you all the cred earlier too, for keeping us up to date on everything that's been going on COVID. But I want to talk about the fireworks because you we know, <laughs> so what are people supposed to do on 4th of July? Seriously, let's talk, can we have sparklers? I don't know. I feel like it's like the piece. Uh, so there.
2: I hate to be the bad guy here, but uh, sparklers are not legal in Massachusetts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not sparklers aren't oh, either. No, the ones no. that you hold, like when people get married and stuff, those aren't legal.
2: Uh, so a little. Sparkler? those may be different, but the traditional sparklers uh, are not those are called Class C fireworks, which are like the um, oh sparklers, party God. poppers, snappers, spinners, cherry bombs. Those are Class C fireworks, and those are not legal in Massachusetts.
1: Those little things at the parade that come wrapped in white that you snap on the ground are not legal. Uh, I'm not Those sure are snappers, right?
0: That is. Right? Um, if, if
1: that's no, snapper, I, think it's, then... I think it's illegal to throw them at a car <laughs> that's driving by.
2: It's illegal to throw them at your state representative when they're walking in the parade.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, and actually, too, I I got an email from you today. Was that accurate? That email about it, that? Yeah. Um, oh, so that's interesting. So we should let everybody know that you are running again, and that's, that yeah, okay. Yeah. So we will take some time to talk about that Thank as well. You. Um, now, I don't
2: want to, I don't want to just be the, 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 uh, the, doom guy with, with the no fireworks.
1: Thing,
2: <laughs> but I, On um, a serious note, those, those sparklers they do. I checked on this before the show. They burn at like something like 1200 degrees Fahrenheit. So they are super, super hot. And, and okay.
1: do
0: what well, no wonder someone would get burned if they don't know what they're doing. Hmm. Yeah. Like me. I mean, I would never.
1: Well, I think that that's the thing. Like for me, I, I'm not big on fire either. Right. So I feel like I would never really play with them. I guess there must be a lot of people that do, or you wouldn't outlaw them. You know what I mean? But. How it has to be difficult to get over the border? You know what I mean. You're right there in New Hampshire, so it's pretty easy.
2: It is, and I, I don't know about you guys, but I keep hearing them in my neighborhood at night. Uh-huh. Uh, not like you know extended periods of time, but here and there, little little you know one-off type thing. So it seems to be uh, increasingly uh, an issue. I guess people are have a lot of pent up <laughs> <laughs> energy and want to express themselves, but <laughs> hopefully they can be channeled in other ways because that's not.
1: <laughs> yeah. what we <laughs> um, so what are some of the things too, like, like let's talk about it in general. So uh, are some of the towns, I thought that I saw in the news earlier, um, I stopped briefly at home and the news was on that one of the towns locally is going to have fireworks anyways. So what do you know, are, are any of the local towns?
2: So all the ones that I know of are, are not doing it. Um, so if there's, if folks who have information about that, certainly would love to hear that. Uh, mm-hmm. In my communities, I'm not aware of any fireworks that are happening under the city of Boston is not moving forward with theirs either. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, uh, it's unfortunate, but obviously- mm-hmm.
1: part of, part And Keith won't problem. be at the, what is it? The half shell? Is it half shell or hat shell? Hatch shell, right. Hatch, hatch. Oh, the hat shell. <laughs> yeah, so Keith won't be there, right? Hmm. That's all right,
2: we'll no. see. If no. Yeah, they're not, oh, doing wait, yeah, yeah.
1: They're, not, they're not doing anything. Yeah, they're not doing anything. All right, so
2: yeah, it's 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 kind of a bummer, but but it, well, on a, on a slightly better slightly better <laughs> news. There's <knows> that. <laughs> um, so the governor did announce today some uh, some relaxation of the travel restrictions. You um, know, anticipation of obviously July Fourth. I know a lot of folks are looking to to get um, to get somewhere. So he did update that. There's a currently we have the, you know the 14 day uh-huh. quarantine advisory, and so that is being lifted as of tomorrow for our neighboring states plus the New England states. So, you know, Vermont, sorry, sorry, Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine, New Jersey, New York, Rhode Island, and Connecticut. Um, so if you're traveling to those states, you're not required to, uh, to do quarantine, to in the quarantine,
1: quarantine afterwards. In. Right. That's really good because I know a lot of people, I was talking to somebody actually just yesterday and they wanted to go. And it's, you know, what's happening though, is people are starting to get a little, I don't want to even say sneaky about it, but they're like, you know if oh actually it was on an, I did a CMA today and they were saying about their son you know traveling but he can't because of his work and he works for the government so I'm sure he has some type of <laughs> radar somewhere like a little GPS and like a notebook or something that they're following him but even just to go like to New Hampshire or to Maine I know a lot of people want to do that so that's good when they come back they don't have to
2: correct that's correct yeah and mm-hmm. if you're if you're just to be clear if you're a designated as an essential worker you are able to travel between the states uh this would apply if if you're not and you know the other thing obviously this is you know this is advisory uh the governor has not mandated this obviously it's strongly recommended Mm -hmm. i think there's some concerns i know in other states they have attempted to make it a, a mandate you know and actually police it um i think the governor has not done that. He, I think he, not speaking for him, but I think he believes that there's some constitutional issues uh, involved right. in that. So it, it's a, it's an advisory, but obviously, you know, that's something we're asking everyone to, to follow. But so anyway, I
1: just want to be clear on that. So yeah. if he's saying that it's okay for Massachusetts <laughs> What are we called anyways? Uh,
2: yeah, I guess later. Uh, Base daters, but
1: okay. Daters, okay. Yeah, (laughs) I was gonna say the bad version of what people. Let's not say that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I get it. Um, So we are allowed to go to these other states, however, and then when we come back, we don't have to quarantine. How are these others? Is it like reciprocal? Like, how did they feel about us going there in the first place?
2: So, well, so first off, uh, that's that's correct. And also it applies to a resident from that state coming to Massachusetts.
1: Mm-hmm. As
2: far as a resident of Massachusetts going to one of those states, it varies. And I know like, for instance, I believe Maine has more stricter, excuse me, stricter mm-hmm. uh, rules than, than we do right now. And they have, I think they have a reciprocity with Vermont. So okay. it definitely, if you were planning to travel, uh, it does pay to do a little research because other states have different rules. And some states are taking a, you know, I want to say a harder line approach to, to policing this as well. Um, mm-hmm. So, but in terms of Massachusetts residents going to other states, it's all those states, all the New England states, plus New Jersey, and New York, um, you do not have to self-quarantine for the 14 days. Now, of course, if you're, you know, if you're displaying symptoms, you shouldn't be traveling. I mean, mm-hmm. just common sense, uh, hopefully everyone yeah. now.
1: Well, and that's the other thing, too. I saw some great news on the on the news was statistically that it looks like Massachusetts is one of the states that's actually doing a really good job with, you know, not having a reoccurrence or the curve starting to go back up. How true is that?
2: That is true. And in fact, uh, as of June 22nd, so, you know, this is last week, we had the lowest transmission rate in the country
1: nice good job josh it's all because of you and your great you know, no, no, you know. No, no, no. It's all
2: because of everybody you know everybody you know doing the best that they can and you know i know it's it's tough and frustrating sometimes but i do think it is you know you look at other states that maybe opened up quicker and look what's happening now and wow they're back they're sliding backwards where they're having to reclose things which is even worse than Mm-hmm. You know, had to go through so um in fact today sharon uh it was the first day was just the data was just announced a couple hours ago the first day we didn't have a reported COVID death uh <gasps> since march 20th
1: oh wow. that actually gave me goosebumps that's exciting that's i mean yeah. it, that's yeah. awesome so we are doing the right thing and for keeping everything closed for as long as we did i mean of course we kidded a little bit about like you not getting the nails done got your hair done but
0: and, know, some you know, people were
1: looking ragged. Yeah. <laughs> well, in the grand scheme of things, those
0: things don't matter. No. And, you know, if we really wanted them, we would yeah. sit down and and do it, you know, to yeah. each other. But I'm know, really I, proud of Massachusetts, aren't you? Yeah, I am, and I will say that I. I did um, go to a restaurant last Monday and I did the outdoor seating. I, I had dinner with a friend of mine um, who has, who lives in Florida, but has been here since the beginning of, well, actually since, yeah, the beginning of March has been here in quarantine um, because he lost his job down there. So, you know, for the time being, and it was, it was a different experience, you know, being in the it, it wasn't even in the restaurant we were in the front lawn <laughs> our <laughs> table was on the front lawn and you know they really adhered to the hour and a half you gotta go like there's no bar there's mm. no and you know and it was just sort of weird and it sort of made me feel like oh maybe I'll wait even longer to go to a restaurant like I'll continue to do takeout and support mm-hmm. them that way um but you know to expose yourself a little mm. bit too much like I just felt like the whole experience is like a little weird, but. Hmm. That was just my my yeah, experience, experience. I
1: haven't eaten in a restaurant yet, but we do do we do take out on weekends on mm-hmm. purpose still yeah. because I still want to, well, first of all, I don't want to cook, but I do <laughs> want to <laughs> continue to support. Yeah. So it worked out to my benefit yeah. that I am supporting people because I'm lazy and don't want to cook. But when we were talking about, um, I really, you know, I kid around a lot, but I really am proud that Massachusetts has... You know, I think at first the governor and everybody up there on the hill was probably getting a little bit in Marty uh, getting a little pushback yeah. of being so strict and why are you doing these things? But like, look now how how great it is for us. Yeah,
0: and I just think, sorry, I know we're taking up a lot of time, but you know, I I went to college in Florida and a lot of my friends are still there and they thought that we were crazy because you know, we're wearing masks and everything. Mm. And now, and And they were so lax about it, where where they were living. and you know, now they're even they're spiking even higher. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's like it's like now all of a sudden they think that it's serious, and now we're getting better. you know, so it's mm-hmm. it's it's interesting to see different parts of the country and how serious they're they're taking it. And i I, I honestly would rather have one long quarantine than have a bunch of mini quarantines mm. like Florida might or you know, other states.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, the worst day—it's tough for businesses, no, no doubt about it. But you know, even worse for businesses would be to open and then be forced to to close again. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: that you know, uh, we don't want to see that. So, uh, what about
1: uh, do you know anything about international travel? And I know I'm sure I'm really excited to hear from you again, by the way. So we <laughs> haven't had you for a couple of weeks. So I'm mm-hmm. going to get all my thoughts in because um, last weekend um, or two weekends ago, I was over in Menemsha. We have a boat, so we were over Manemshire because my daughter's up from Clemson. By the way, Clemson University. You know, she has meetings every day, Monday through Friday. And one of, you know, they brought the sports players back. And I think nine of them ended up having COVID tested positive. And then I heard one of the bartenders down there got it. So (laughs) her job actually is, she's the associate director of drugs and alcohol initiative and mental health awareness. And, you know, she works on healthy campus. Her job is to really work um, closely with the bars and the uh, apartment buildings to see how they're going to be handling situations, so it's been good for her to be home for a while since she was home for services for my father-in-law. To see how strict we were, because it's actually helped her realize how lax they've been down there. So she's bringing a lot of that home with her. Is that okay? She she won't <laughs> she won't steal any <laughs> of the documents or anything. But um, well, I was going to say something else about oh, your
2: international um, travel.
1: Yeah, international travel because when I was over in Menempsha, Uh, which is on the vineyard. I was talking to one of the young girls in the store. um, And she said, I said, Oh, how are things over here? And she said, Oh, good. And I was like, Oh, do you live on the island year round? She's like, no, she's like, we're from upstate New York. And as soon as things started getting bad, my parents are like, let's we're leaving. And they went over there. So they've been over there the whole time. But a lot of the stores are having a really difficult time because they've you know, traditionally had a lot of people sure. from like Russia and the Ukraine and other countries coming in and working, working but they don't have any people to work over there. So stores are not even able to open.
2: Yeah, that is, I, I know from just occasional visits down there, that's a big issue. Um, and we do have, you know, so the, you know, the, we're, what's called a level three travel advisory we're in right now. Mm-hmm. So obviously, all, all non essential travel to international travel is, is recommended against. Um, mm-hmm. Some countries have. You know, more strict regulations in terms of you know, US citizens about coming back in. So it kind of pays to, to check um, individual country policies. But the CDC website
1: right. has a
2: good map where you can you know, move your cursor around and see like, what the travel restrictions are for that particular area. Mm-hmm. But, um, so in generally though, there is, it's, it's level three. So avoiding any non-essential international travel is what the mm-hmm. official policy is.
1: And hopefully all of that will lift. I mean, any any new updates on like with the schools and what their thoughts are for the fall? I mean, I know it sounds far away. We're only at 4th of July, but it's tomorrow, really.
0: Only? I can't believe
1: that yeah. it's July. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, what I'm saying, it's only 4th of July and I'm thinking yeah. about the fall. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and, and so, and, and actually in fact, DESE, uh, Department of Elementary and Secondary Education came out with some preliminary guidelines um, just this past week about schools and, and, and it, it's still, you know, I would say they're still looking at it, but I mean, it's fairly significant departure from what we, you know, traditional public school day where they're gonna have, you know, uh, rotating the kids, not really switching classes, uh, having uh, kids above second grade wearing masks um, with with some time during the day to have a mask break, Um, you know, moving some classrooms around so that, you know, you put some classrooms. The EIDL loan, the Economic Injury Disaster Loan, uh, those are still open, and so if there's anyone who uh, is interested in in applying for that, you go through the SBA, SBA.gov oh. for that, and that is a, that is a loan. You have to pay back, uh, but it does have you know quite favorable terms yeah. and rates. So that's another good option, um, especially now that some businesses are you know that may have been closed are now reopening, and you know thankfully you know have employees to pay and and business oh. and so forth, and and now it could use a little bit of extra help. So that's something that um, they may want to take a look at the EIDL.
1: So earlier we were talking about. I knew I had something else to say, and as I'm sitting here a boiling, having another <laughs> hot flash, I'm so, like, right. so hot right now. <laughs> I remembered what I was going to say to you earlier. We were laugh- We were talking about wearing the masks and everything, and we were talking about the kids trying to keep the masks on, in, you know, in school and everything. Mm-hmm. I was doing a CMA today with Dustin. He was with me, and there I am sitting at the kitchen table with like a cloth mask on. And it was in an older house with no AC or anything. And this is what I looked like meeting people for the first time. And I was like, sorry, like I'm menopausal and I have a thick mask on, I can't breathe. So. I'm curious, next time I do get to talk to um, Ken, he actually texted me, he's doing a Zoom meeting in Hanson right now. Um, You know, how many people are getting phone calls because people are passing out because of their masks, you know, Uh, but on another important note, do you want to bring up what you were just saying to me? Cause we want to give you a chance to plug you.
0: Yeah, so we want you to, uh, we want to give you the opportunity to tell our listeners how you are up for re-election this year. So why don't you tell everybody sort of your uh, your
1: your story? Your who you are, who you are, why why you deserve the votes, why (laughs) why you want to vote? You know, people (laughs) should vote just because we said so. Like vote for Josh just because we said so. How's that work?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm a politician who doesn't like to talk about himself, so I guess maybe it's kind of a rarity. But um,
0: that one year,
3: (laughs) and never again, right?
0: Never again. (laughs) Um, All right, so Dustin, you got a question for us? Yeah.
3: So first on that list low down payment options are available that we take for granted in terms of what we know is available to people. And a lot of times, first time home buyers are surprised when they realize how low that Mm -hmm. could actually go.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, you know, the first step is to talk to a loan officer, you know, you you have to educate yourself or have them educate you on, you know, what you can afford. Some people are surprised by what they can afford. Mm -hmm. You know, I haven't purchased a home, but, when I went to go buy a new car last year, I was surprised, you know, mm-hmm. how you know how much I was approved for. I didn't go up that high because, you know, mm-hmm. gotta gotta be responsible. But you know, <laughs> I I was surprised. I just assumed that I wouldn't be. Um, so you know, you don't know unless you ask the questions and you sort of make the initial steps. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you have a, a well versed loan officer you know, there's so many programs out there Mm -hmm. that, you know, you may qualify for and you might not have heard about them before or, or whatever, but you know, there, there's so many programs out there that, that they can educate you on and see what the best, um, program is for you and in your financial situation and and what it is that you're looking
1: Mm -hmm. to do. And what your circumstances are. So I think that, um, and I agree with the article that there is a huge misconception that you need to have 20% down in order to purchase a home. And we hear that all the time, which you know we haven't been doing open houses a lot, but I remember hearing that a lot from people who are first time home buyers that haven't committed to working with a buyer's agent. Mm -hmm. And if you are following along again, you're listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable on WATD, We're also streaming live on Facebook. So you can see us live in our home studio. And we're also, um, we put up a Zoom link too. So if you wanna join us as a webinar, uh, be happy, you know, help yourself to do that. You'll find the link on Facebook at McNamara Broker Team or Sharon Costa McNamara. You'll find the link on some of the other Connect pages and stuff like that, like Pembroke Connect and everything. Um, There is a link to get into Zoom. And we do have, I did do a poll on there, Mm -hmm. like different questions, Mm -hmm. you know, and one of them was, do you think that it costs money to work with uh, for a um, a buyer's agent? Because a lot of people do think that, that that's why they don't reach out. Yeah,
0: I just had this conversation with somebody um, the other day who called and, uh, you know, we ended up having a, a long conversation, but they were under the impression that as a buyer, they had to compensate an agent. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: so they were actually trying to save money like separately yeah. to be able to do that.
1: Um, so they can, you know, apply that that money mm-hmm. to somewhere else, so. And I think that that's, you know, my point too about that is, you know, there are so many misconceptions, the 20% down that you have to pay, a, you know, a buyer's agent to work for you and to represent you. Um, that's why working with a buyer's agent is so important and having that first initial consultation, you know, just whether it's through Zoom and, you know, I overheard Mary doing one last week, I think it was, uh, with some new buyer clients that we have that were referred to us and just learning the process. I know Dustin, I had actually sent you um, a couple of slides earlier too. And I don't know if there's a way to share the screen with us here too um, in case people do want to follow along and look at that. I think that there's a way to put it so it's on the side or something, but mm-hmm. I don't know you can figure that out. You're <laughs> a, You're a go-to guy. But again, I guess my process and my thoughts are there are a lot of misconceptions. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Yeah, I want to get to um, the, the second part of this um, article. I don't know, Dustin, if you had a question for that part um, about price, closing time, and repairs, maybe up for negotiation. So, something that um, stuck out to me in this article was in addition to price, an agent can help negotiate closing costs and any repairs or updates that need to be made to the property before the sale is final, blah, 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 blah. So, yes negotiations can happen after, uh, you know, uh, an accepted offer. However, the way that the market is right now, where a house is getting 15 or so offers on it and, mm. you know, there's the cleaner, the better, you know, and what we have seen and we've talked about it on the show before is, you know, some buyers are making their, offers very clean and mm-hmm. well over asking and just to get their offer accepted. And then once they get their offer accepted, then they sort of, they try to negotiate the price down or, or whatnot, you know, things that they already had in their head that they mm-hmm. wanted to do, um, which is sort of a sneaky way to, to oh, yeah. sort of get your offer. But you know what, luckily for the the seller, you know, you had 14 other offers that you can go back to. So mm-hmm. that's something that you have to consider. Also, if you're a buyer, is the risk of the seller saying no to everything that you asked for mm-hmm. because they had so many options. And because there's such limited inventory out there, we are seeing a lot of, you know, new Properties on the market that are going, you know, mm-hmm. that have multiple offers are going over asking and sort of, so it, it's sort of um, you know, counterproductive. Counterproductive. Yeah.
1: To do that. And I agree with you that, and what I love about doing these uh, roundtables too is um, a lot of times when Mary is here too, but I mean, tonight our topic is first time home buyers and buying a home. If you haven't done it in a long time, well, things have changed is my perspective, you know, I am obviously a buyer's agent, but I am a very strong seller's agent, Mm -hmm. uh, listing agent as well. And I like to look at things from the other perspective, um, from looking at how I deal with this as a listing agent and how I talk to my clients about it, because, you know, if we have a situation where we have multiple offers and then an offer will, um, you know, somebody gets accepted in there well over asking, then we have the home inspection and then they come back and they want all these things. And when buyer's agents say to me, well, you know, my client went $20,000 over asking, we don't think that we're really asking for much to get this, that, and the other Mm -hmm. thing fixed. And my response to that is we told you that we priced the house according to the condition it was in you're the one you, who ultimately yeah. told me that you felt like it was more than that.
0: You, Yeah, you yeah. chose to go over and now you don't want to pay that. And, yeah. And you have come up with these things that, you know, whether it be at home inspection or whatnot, mm-hmm. that, that are
1: wrong. And it's like, okay, yeah. Welcome to home ownership. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my, that's my dealio yeah. on that. So. That's what I got out of that
0: article. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Next. <laughs> 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 next question. And the the apples are still out, right? <laughs> yes. Dunking for apples is yes. still so. out. Yeah, we're not doing that. Mm-hmm.
3: So we're on to the next one. What we're discussing now is first-time home buyers actually having success in the market despite everything that's going on, despite the difficulty of being a first-time home buyer. It's not the end of the world. We're looking at Homebuyers activity is not only strong in the first quarter of 2020, it also bounced back impressively in May after falling off a cliff in April.
2: Mm. Mm
3: -hmm. The most first time homebuyers entered the market since 2006 and accounted for 40% of single family buyers in quarter one.
0: Mm. I I believe that only because I would say that a lot of... um, I would say a lot of people who I know personally, who are either my age or younger, who own a home don't have a lot of debt. They, um, and, or or whether, or they might've gotten into a a great program where they might have some debt, but their um, credit score is really great or or something like that, where they are able to, you know, get a first time home buyer home or, or whatnot. Um, But, you know there there's a lot of um people who are very fortunate that don't have um you know student loans or anything because you know their parents worked so hard to you know be able to provide you know a great life and and not have to have you know their children be in that sort of debt so I think that Mm -hmm. it's a good um it's it's a good place to be in, you know, to be a first time home buyer when you're, you have, you know, you're a strong buyer and are Mm -hmm. able to afford maybe more than somebody else might be able to afford. Um, I think it puts you in a great position. Um, But then again, there's a lot of programs out there that, that can, you know, benefit a lot of, a lot of different you know, Mm -hmm. buyers in different circumstances,
1: you know? Yeah. One of the things in this article too, it's, you know, when I'm reading these articles, I think it's great to know that we're very much been on track and on topic with all Mm -hmm. of our conversations that we've been having about this, because as you know, Dustin said that, you know, April numbers fell off a cliff. Well, it wasn't really April numbers, unless the numbers that you were looking at were pending sales, where we saw a big difference in the market in the sold properties was definitely in June. We'll probably see more of it in July. I -hmm. know for us, you know, our numbers, we're pretty much on track right now for what we had sold this year, you know, year to date Mm -hmm. from last year, but we're definitely gonna be impacted probably by like 10 houses you know, 10 yeah. listing or 10 sides.
0: Well, yeah, that's why we, you know, every, anytime anybody has asked me like, oh, like how's the market? How Like, it's like, we haven't really seen the impact yet because everything that has been selling in the past few months has gone under agreement a few months before that. Mm-hmm. So now that we're sort of out of the thick of it with the COVID, hopefully Mm -hmm. (laughs) we're going to start to see fall. We've always been very strong fall Mm -hmm. agents. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that that's when we're going to start to see Mm -hmm. um, some of the changes.
1: Yeah. And that is a very good point is, you know, and we've been saying this all along is, you know, three months ago, when the market, I actually did um, Mcnamara on Money this past Saturday with Alyssa Mcnamara Reed from Mcnamara Financial, and we talked about this. And she had a bunch of different scenarios about you know buying versus renting and everything. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about like the numbers. Of mm-hmm. course, she came across some articles, and I was like, well, we predicted that because yeah. we knew as COVID hit, we were showing houses less, and that's this article shows that and says it. You know, people mm-hmm. were doing virtual tours. One of the things that it says that I probably agree with is that, um, and I know you don't give us these articles, Dustin, to disagree with them, but it does make you sort of think. Um, But one of the things I do agree with is that a lot of people that were on the market, like there was probably the people that, the houses that are under agreement were people who were probably already on the market Mm -hmm. and then COVID hit. And then there was, I think, another group of people who were sort of waiting to see what happened. And then- we already had a shortage on inventory. So now people don't have any place to go still. Yeah. So we're seeing more of that. Um, but I, I agree with that part of it. Yeah. I agree. So there we go. That's my answer. That's that. On to the next. I didn't even hear the question, but that's my <laughs> answer.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Did he <laughs> I think I <laughs> just said something no. and then I just sort of went off on it. <laughs> I, I think
3: my favorite part of that article and really encompasses why we even think this is an important topic to discuss on the show is it showed the value first time home buyers are seeing in home ownership. And despite everything that's going on, still willing to put in the time effort, capital requirement to close on a deal, Mm -hmm. emphasizing kind of the understanding that is slowly starting to come around. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: It's an important part of life for most people. It's a, especially someone like myself who is paying thousands and thousands of dollars in rent every month.
1: Well, and that is what came up. Um, was that when I did the show on Saturday, what did come up is um, Alyssa actually did this full analysis. And Melissa, I'll actually forward you the links to the show and we can make it part of our podcast. Yeah. The show that I did with Alyssa McMurray this past weekend on McMurray Money on WHD, of course, every Saturday and Sunday morning. Uh, was she did a whole analysis based on a $400,000 house and putting down a certain amount of money and does it benefit? does the benefit of buying now outweigh, you know, the process of houses inflation going up on houses? So when she did all of that out, you know, she came up with a calculation that basically after five years with the rate of inflation, you're probably going to be the same Mm -hmm. or the, you know, the market value Mm -hmm. going up, you're probably going to be right where you were. But I also said, one thing you're not thinking about is, and when I did the numbers, her numbers were like, you saved $120,000, you know, whatever her n- numbers were, whatever we were talking about. And I was like, yeah, you may have saved $120,000, but now you're renting. She was saying if you rent and save $2,000 a month. now I don't think there's many people that can do that. Rent and save $2,000 $2, a month that they would then have $120,000 over five years, I think were her numbers. So I said, yeah, so now if inflation, I mean, the market value is going up. Yeah, you may be coming to even or whatever. Um, but I'm also saying, what about the $180,000 you spent on rent? Yeah. You know, so yeah. And that's if your rent was 3,000, which is pretty hard to do. I mean, when you're looking for things in Southie right now, what are they like, 3,700? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Yeah,
3: and and if you don't have your application the first day, someone else will.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: It's, it's the toughest thing. People, they're getting old enough to understand the importance of home ownership, but the idea of thinking about trying to save thousands of dollars a month on top of three and a half thousand dollars of rent. Figuring out how to do that and then close on a house before you are done paying rent is something that most people renting cannot even have mm-hmm. They're already at their budget with what they're giving for rent. And it's not the case for everyone that you may be able to end your lease and you know go home for a few months, find somewhere to stay. It's You need somewhere to live on September 1st if mm-hmm. you're out August 31st. Mm-hmm. And w- once you start to kind of conceptualize what that timeline looks like, you're like, yeah, maybe I'll just keep renting.
1: Where's your folder? Where's your three ring binder? Um, it's on my desk I that. Oh, oh, see, this is so I'm um, keeping it all organized. Oh. So here I'm flipping on to the next one. Oh. See how that works? All right. So you put everything in the three ring binder and she just took everything out. No, he didn't put it in the three Oh, he didn't? Binder. Oh, Okay. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's why I didn't know it was supposed to be in it. No, okay. So right now at 724, I just actually sent Ben, our uh, producer at WHD and Rob Heckler. I don't know if he's sleeping because he's on the show early in the morning. I think he gets there maybe like four o'clock uh, to see if we could stay on until eight o'clock tonight just because we did have Josh on uh, for a full half hour, it seems. So uh, we have a lot more to talk about. So uh, we may have six minutes left or we may have 36 minutes left. I mean, the guess is... Just as your answer, I cannot Your guess think. is as good as that. I would I guess say keep
2: is- carrying on for a minute and I'll get back to you as soon as I can.
1: All right, well, that sounds great. Thank you, Benjamin. All right, so what's next there, Dusty?
3: Big picture of Mayor Walsh. <laughs> per Mr. Hackelo, we're good to go.
1: All right, so perfect. We're here until eight o'clock tonight, so uh, we can continue to go. So the next one I had in my folder was uh, New Genmark. So I'll just uh, go on to the next one. All right, go ahead. What do we have about Marty? Uh, Similar. Do you you know I went to school with Marty? We like sat next to each other in um, eighth grade.
3: You're talking to me.
1: Yeah. Well, I am talking to you. Look (laughs) at me looking at you in Zoom and me putting up. Now I feel like I'm with Marty. I asked him to come on our show, but he hasn't yet. I have to go through a a (laughs) personal (laughs) visit. Yep. All right. So, what is this um, all about?
3: Uh, Similar to kind of what Melissa touched base on. Just there are a ton of programs out there for first-time homebuyers, and it's something that states, governments, a lot of organizations are striving towards. Like we said before, the importance of home ownership, especially when it comes to trying to pass on wealth through generations or decrease a wealth gap between certain sectors or whatever you're looking at. But Boston has recently put in a new one, the first ever first home buyer program in Boston combines down payment and closing cost assistance with a very low interest rate mortgage.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Is there a question?
3: No, I want to know what you think. <laughs> You've bought more homes than I have.
1: <laughs> All right. So um, I was looking at my text messages to see what we're on. You, re- you have to repeat it for <laughs> both <Yeah, we're laughs> of us. Yeah, go ahead. Say it again.
3: I want to know what our thoughts are on kind of the emergence of these programs to assist first time oh. home buyers and
1: how well they work. How, yeah,
3: how-, how well they work. Uh huh. If they're not working, is it worth pursuing? Because like I said, there are a lot of people out there who are trying to obtain this
1: mm-hmm. next step. Yeah, so I know that they definitely do work. So when we were getting out of, you know, the bottom there in 2010, uh, yeah, 2010, when we were at the bottom there, that's one of the things that we had in place was a first time home buyers uh, program where they were, um, they did have some assistance for uh, down payment assistance and um, it was it was really, really good. Um, a lot of people took advantage of that. So um, I think that the programs are good. I think it's great that um, Mr. Walsh, mm-hmm. uh, the mayor Walsh is um, taking the initiative to to make sure that these programs are in place for people to be able to do it. I mean, there's a lot mm-hmm. going on in the city right now and there's a lot going on in the suburbs. Um, I'm gonna do a little more research on this because I didn't even really know about it. So it looks like this was on June 15th um, that this came out on Boston Real Estate Times. So um, it looks really interesting and I think it's a great opportunity for a lot of people.
0: Yeah, I don't know much about this program. It seems like it's it's pretty new, um, but just you know, talking with Jasmine Mendez from Maritime Mortgage, um, with Andrew Monticone um, from Leader Bank, you know a lot of our loan officers that we use quite frequently, um, and you know we would refer to you know all of our clients. There's so many loan programs out there, and I think especially right now it's it's super important for you know a program to be um, you know. I, can't, I don't like to say out there so many times, but out mm-hmm. there for people to to take advantage of. Available. Um, available. during this time. I mean, we're talking about first-time homebuyers and and we touched upon it last week about being a first-time homebuyer during COVID. And um, I talked about it a little bit this morning with Rob Hakula when I called in you know, it, it can be a little deflating right now. I think, you know, you, you wait for this moment for so long mm-hmm. to purchase your first home and, you know, during COVID instead of, you know, sitting at a closing table with your loved ones and, or significant others or whatever, and your attorney and your, you know, um, real estate agent, you're in a parking lot yeah. or you're you know, you can only, you can only be the person in the room because you're a signer and, and also, you know, it could be a little deflating and a little like, oh, that just happened. Well, you I was know? talking
1: to one of our agents uh, this week. I think she was in Stephanie Mallette, who mm-hmm. is one of our full-time agents yeah. here at Boston Connect Real Estate. And she's just, I mean, all of our agents are just wonderful people. Um, and she is absolutely wonderful. It was so hard for me not to hug her the other day. I like know. She always
0: gives us a hug, like no matter how long it's been, like it could yeah. be a day since you, she saw you, she comes over, she gives you a hug and yeah. you know, she's great. It just, it she took, is great. It took everything out of me not to be able to give
1: I her a know. hug. But well, and with her, I think it was difficult too not to hug somebody because she had a client who was a first time home buyer mm-hmm. and you know, they felt a little deflated because I think that they had gotten in the impression maybe from other agents that, you know, their the price points that they could afford mm-hmm. wasn't worth them working towards. So she, you know, spent a lot of time with them. She found them a beautiful home. She jumped through all kinds of hoops through COVID by the way, to yeah. show them all these homes. And they were so excited. First time home buyers, um, older people and, mm-hmm. um, so the husband was the only one that was on the mortgage. So when they got to the closing, this closing was indoors and there was only enough room for the signer. And um, Stephanie looked at the attorney and said, you need to put another chair in here. Like she needs to be part of this, even though she's not signing, this is mm-hmm. a big deal. And yeah. it would mean everything to me if you could get another chair in here. Yeah. So they did, they let the wife in there. So. Mm-hmm. How exciting is that? But yeah, yeah, good for you, Boston Connect agent Stephanie mm-hmm. Millette. Because yeah.
0: I think at one point he even he even told Stephanie that she could go in the room, and yeah. she was like, "Absolutely not. You know, his husband, his his wife should be in the room, experience this this day with mm-hmm. him." Um, and they were, they were really grateful and, and fortunate, but you know, that's just how we roll around here. Mm-hmm. But, um, <laughs> but something that, that we have to consider right now, you know, with people being in unemployment, that closing actually pushed, got pushed a couple times because, um, because of unemployment mm-hmm. and being able to verify um, income and stuff like that. But you know, again, talking with some of the loan officers that we work with really closely, where we we know the the steps that they're taking, and mm-hmm. they, I mean, you have to be understanding about you know the a lot of people lost their jobs or, mm-hmm. or haven't been working for the past few months, so a lot of people are on unemployment. You know, there is you know mm-hmm. hope in 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 you know, you, they can see that they're going back to work.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but there there has to be some some, you know, guidelines and things in that and they they are working towards that. But but then we've had other closings that have had no issues, no
1: problems, yeah, you know. So well one of the things I'm reading this article here and it's for an example, a family of four making hundred percent of the area medium income of hundred and nineteen thousand dollars could afford a full $110,000 thousand dollar single family house in Boston with a conventional loan. So one thing about that is how many $410,000 single family homes are there in Boston? Probably not (laughs) Um, with the one plus Boston program, which is this program that um, Marty Walsh has put together, the same family could afford a $539,000 single family home in Boston. So, I mean, that's a huge, significantly large, uh, you know, 410 from 539 from 410. I mean, that's that's a big deal. And that's a big difference when you're purchasing a house. Again, how many of those homes are on the market? I don't know, but I wonder here's the thing is I ask a lot of good questions and come up with a lot of great ideas. And I think Josh should have me on some panel. I'd be great in a think tank by the way. Um, And especially with some wine, some Prosecco and a think tank, I am good to go. So anyways, one of my thoughts on this is, I think that um, mayor Walsh should consider putting together a committee of real estate agents and advisors and say, we would love for you to help us in this program. And with when those agents do do it, that that agent is willing to give up their compensation as well and put it towards the down payment or to mm-hmm. put it towards something. Don't you think that that would be something good for the real estate agents to sort of join together and say, hey, Marty, we're in this with you too. And mm-hmm. we're willing to step up and go and show these homes, be a buyer's agent. And generally, just so our listeners know, the sellers compensate the buyer's agent, um, unless it's a rental in the city. Um, But I would be willing to do that if Mm -hmm. I could help just one family do that and give back our compensation. Mm -hmm. I mean, as the broker of the company, I can say that, but there certainly will be, and I would allow any of our agents to do that at Boston Connect if that was something that was feasible for us to be part of this program to sort of help. Mm -hmm. Um, I would be absolutely 100% on board of allowing our agents to do that. I just don't know about some of the other, you know, agents can't just make that decision without their broker involved, but don't you think that's a good idea?
0: Yeah, I think that's a great idea. You know, I I would support that as well, you know, with our agent, do I think, uh, you know, some people, you know, not (laughs) BCRE would do it, you know, probably not, but, you know, I, I, I definitely, think that that would be I I know that our team would
1: do that yeah um and well I think like our team in general I'm just thinking you know what I mean let's just say it was difficult to find somebody something but if we're willing to give up you know what I mean because Mm -hmm. you know like I'm going on vacation next week and things like that so um you know if I'm not available to show a house you could show the house if Mm -hmm. I'm not if you're not available Dustin could show the house but even somebody outside of our team I'm sure if we weren't available, Michelle Fay, who's one of our full-time agents, that she would, you know what I mean? So, like as yeah. a as a team, Boston Connect could come up with a team who is willing to donate their time to help buyers find their first home. I want to yeah. do this, and I think it's a good idea. Yeah. All
0: right, Let's look well, with Marty. well, I have his
1: cell phone number, so I will text him <laughs> and say, hey, Marty. I do, I, I'll text him and say, I have a great idea. Mm-hmm. So anyways, what do you think about that, Dustin? I mean, you're living in the city and there are a lot of people who, you know what I mean? This program just seems so, I don't know, just a feel good thing to do right now.
3: Yeah, and I mean, a lot of it, you can circle back to everything that's going on in the world about race, mm-hmm. discrimination, however you want to think about it, because- When you hear the term first-time homebuyer, you think of the working professionals, the millennials, the young people. Mm -hmm. That's not everyone. That is not every first-time homebuyer. First-time homebuyers span all ages, all races, all occupations. Mm -hmm. So seeing things in place that are aimed to help, again, people with families, people who are doing what they can to be in the area, Mm -hmm. I think is fantastic.
1: Yeah, I think it's awesome. And there is something in here too, um, it says increasing home ownership opportunities, particularly for low and moderate income residents, people of color, immigrants, and first generation home buyers if, is one of Mayor Walsh's top housing priorities as reflected in his housing, a changing city, Boston 2030 plan. So I think that that's great. And I would love to, you know, I would just love to be able to be a part of that. I just first of all, first time home ownership is just so exciting, Mm -hmm. you know, regardless of what you're buying. And I know recently um, I was called to somebody's home and she said that one of the reasons why she had reached out to me was because, you know, maybe she listens to the radio or she sees our signs. And she said, one of the things that impresses me about Boston Connect real estate is the um just sort of the array of homes that you see our signs on so you mm-hmm. can see our signs on a mobile home or you could see our signs on a you know a multi-million dollar property and everything in between so it isn't yeah. like we have, one little niche of like luxury properties or waterfront properties. And we do
0: the same thing, at least mm. our, you know, our team, we do the same thing marketing wise for every single property. I mean, yep. we, we mm-hmm. do the flyers, we do the postcards but because, you know, not one house is better than another, yep. you know, there's 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 somebody for every home. Yeah, I'll put it that way instead of saying that. Yeah,
1: well, everybody <laughs> yeah. like you know, and that's the thing too is one of the things that she said to me because when you put my package together when I go out and meet people for the first time, you always give me um, you know some samples of our postcards that we mm-hmm. send out in our flyers that we do, and so I gave those to her and she said, oh, so you would do this on a house like mine too, and mm-hmm. it was a condo, and I was like, well, yes, absolutely, it's for everybody, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So. Um, this is one of the things too that I feel, you know. Um, I grew up in the city. I grew up in Dorchester. My parents owned the little convenience store, and Ooh. I I'm so grateful for that, for that upbringing and just the connection that I had with you know you know CYO and the Catholic school experience and everything. It was a good one for me, um, and I know my dad listens all the time. And you know, being behind that counter, I think, you know. Although I did not get that opportunity to go, you know, to college because, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just, I was talking to someone recently in our, in my grade that was in my grade that also went to school with us um, that said, you know, the majority of people, like 99% of us didn't go to college. But what I learned was just to treat everybody the same which i think was the biggest learning experience i ever got because i truly did not care if you were the president of pepsi or if you were the guy bringing the pepsi in on a two wheeler. i just you know what i mean so i feel i'm really grateful for that so thanks mom and dad for making me work when i was 10. there -hmm. were child labor laws you know
0: That we uh, buying your first home was already hard. Oh, did we just go through that? We already no, went
1: through all those articles. Okay, all right.
0: so I guess we can talk a little bit about you know the the process. You know, I wish Mary was here to, because she she does primarily work with our
1: buyers and she's someone mm-hmm. um, you know taking them out um, most of the time.